0: Welcome to Porch Talk. This is the true story of three strangers picture to to camp together and have their lives minor. Please stop being polite and start getting real. I'm Eric.
1: This is Miss Paige Lee.
2: Pops, Rock Road Elementary, Class of 06, Valedictorian.
0: Welcome back to another episode of Porch Talk, the world's most attractive podcast out there. I finally figured out how to put that into the intro right on the spot. Credit to me. As always, if you leave a sewer review on Apple Podcasts, it does get read on the podcast. For example, m.may.c, a great podcast. If you're not listening to this podcast already, you need to start right now. It's fun, fresh, feisty. The various opinions and topics discussed spread light on different situations, both in a serious and nonchalant way. Overall, it's amazing and very entertaining. If you leave a review, that could be you. And then, as always, follow us on the Insta, the Twitter, the TikTok, Facebook. It's all Porch Talk, Nail A. TikTok is popping off. we got more stuff coming soon. Now that I'm off of a week of traveling and multiple weddings, we can get back to the grind on there. I just want to say, you know, traveling all around the DMV, NJP, um, pretty much all this Northeast, I'm exhausted, and I never want to do that much traveling again in a week. (laughs)
2: I feel you. There was a spell where I went to North Carolina and then Virginia and Virginia for three straight weekends, and that shit had me exhausted.
0: It's terrible, dude. The amount of driving, flying, hotels, weddings, drinking. I gotta take like a month off of drinking. I've just been ravaged by it within the the one week span.
2: I feel like for me, there's nothing worse than like, I love to like link up and get fucked up, but there's nothing worse than drinking while traveling because then you either can't go as hard as you want, or you've got to pay the price and then travel the next day fucked up.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I had like – Anna did like a, a surprise thing on Friday before we left, and we were taking shots, and that's that's what caught up to me. Didn't realize it was the shots on the cigars. We had a 6.30 flight. She missed the flight because she had to check a bag. It was a whole thing. But, like, I got landed in Philly. Parents picked me up, took me to, like, the grandparents to quit the car because it was, like, halfway point. I walked into their house, hit the bathroom, immediately threw up. Surprised I lasted that long.
1: Wait. <laughs> was this before the first wedding?
0: Yeah. I mean, we flew in on the first wedding that Saturday. Like, it was, it was just a rough
2: day.
1: Oh, God.
2: Yeah. I also can't travel day of things. If it's any more than two hours, I'm not traveling day off.
0: Yeah, I'm at the I, point
2: where I need time to rest and adjust.
0: No, I, I definitely agree. I think, I think the issue is like when we were looking at ticket prices, like the prices like just fly out the day before were so crazy compared to that morning. I was like, it just makes way more economic sense. Yeah. It would have been like a couple hundred dollars extra. And I was like, I'm not trying to do all that. In hindsight, I probably just wouldn't have drunk nearly as much that night before but you live you learn and you have a great story about it now so because
1: she missed her flight did she not go at all
0: no she kept so this is the bullshit right she missed her flight because she had to check a bag which is again we never check bags it's stupid don't want to do it <laughs> um so she flew in somehow got a flight to LaGuardia, and then took an uber down to newark airport but so then i had to drive all the way from Delaware to Newark to pick her up to drive back and this is when I was texting you guys about my beef with Jersey and how I hate it as a state now officially.
1: Oh, okay, yeah.
0: Got stuck in so much traffic and then we like got to the hotel like thirty minutes before the first wedding and like the venue is like fifteen minutes away. It was just trying to get dressed and all this shit. It was terrible. It and I'm hung over the whole time driving. It was just terrible.
2: Yeah. I've never met anybody not from Jersey that likes Jersey.
0: Honestly It's a terrible state I don't know how people have pride it really does suck. I had another quick thought about this I don't know how many weddings you guys have been to Where you've had to like let's say travel to it But Can we start having weddings That like are right next to the hotel Or vice versa Or there's a shuttle or something Because me having to drive like To and from wedding venues to hotels That are like 15 minutes away Does not help with an open bar So
1: but, I mean, can I you like from the venue to the hotel?
0: I mean, you could, but then you got to pay for the Ubers, and it's like, then you got to time it no. well.
2: That's when you got to eat, because I feel like the nicest venues can't be right next to a hotel. Like, Maybe. if you want a nice venue, a nice, like, location, a nice, like, tranquil spot, you're not going to have hotels near it, really.
0: So I was talking to Anne about this one because she was like DD on the way back um, to after the second wedding. And I was like, when I was working at catering, they had – one of the weddings we worked, they had a shuttle that was running to the hotel. And I was like, that's a genius idea. And she was like, yeah, but you don't want to pay for that for three hours. And I was like, no, you don't. But all you really need it is for that last hour. Because I feel like anybody who leaves like before that last hour of the wedding – they're not really drinking. They got, you know, they got adult responsibilities, blah, blah, blah. So then you have a shuttle running like, I don't know, every 20 minutes that last hour to and from the hotel. So that way all, all the degenerates who are staying there can, like, get home safely.
1: Yeah, That alone
2: would still probably be so much extra money. Just off the top of my head, that's probably an extra G right there. And I like my friends, but I don't like them enough to throw an extra G when they could just get an Uber.
1: And then you would have to make sure that everybody booked the same hotel.
2: I
0: mean, you usually have like well, that's yeah.
2: the thing. You usually
0: have one hotel that you have like, you know, a uh, block of rooms and a coach. You so know? hey, if you don't stay there, that you're on your own.
2: And then you get the wedding, the hotel, you get the wedding block you. discount, which isn't a discount at all. <laughs> <You> fucking liars.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, so I don't know. I think I I don't know. I just I just need to speak. even if it was like walking distance or something. Just make it a little easier. Yeah. But we'll see. I'll have a wedding and then I'll be like, "Hey guys, 40 minutes out for the hotel. That's fine, right? You guys know. Mm-hmm. It? Got it. Um. All right. We got a lot to get into. We got some current events. Um. New part of the podcast. Not really, but it's a new segment, kind of, sorta. We'll start with something that is literally affects people today. Um. Six million renters face eviction because of this eviction ban that's being lifted today, August 1st. Um, You hate to see it. And, you know, I'll put it like this. When Biden got elected, I said, hey, I'm going to keep the same energy that I did with Trump, and I'm going to keep it with him. Biden's fucking up, and so are the Dems. They've been talking all this bullshit that, hey, you know, we're trying to work to get this done, blah, blah, blah. Or are they waiting until like the last three days of the eviction ban to be like hey we should like really do something about this like no dude don't come and say we're trying to do so much to save people and help people and it's like i saw a great tweet that summed it up it's like the administration is not going to they're not going to pull back saying that the pandemic is over but they have no issue pulling back all things that were like related to the pandemic, like the eviction ban, the student uh debt relief, um, like any unemployment benefits, SNAP benefits that were extended to people. So it's like Biden don't say one thing, and then your fucking administration, and the Democrats who control everything right now, who have no ability to do anything, are still continuing to not do anything.
2: They do like control they
1: everything. Control,
2: yeah, they do control everything, and Biden is. We do got to keep the same energy, and he really hasn't got nothing done while he's been in there. But I've had this exact conversation with a few people, the boys, Mariah, Mariah's dad. It gets tricky. I also had it with my landlord, Nancy, before I left. It gets tricky because as much as it's going to suck because they said 18 million people reported that they are more than three months behind on their rent. And up to six million can face eviction like today and in the upcoming weeks, which is like dangerous numbers. Like, depending on where you're at, it could be like riot type numbers if you try to evict this many people. Um, Well, all of that being said, it gets tricky because you don't want to evict six million people from their homes. But at the same time, the landlords also got to make money here. And if you go on the last 13, 14 months without paying your landlord, I get it. The, the pandemic happened. Everybody fell on hard times. But I'm not going to also be like, hey, yo, by the way, fuck the landlords. They fell on hard times because you fell on hard times. So they ain't being saying money. Nancy told me I was her only tenant to pay her every time on time. And wow. she got 19 other properties. And she was like, I appreciate you being... A- I was the only one to pay her every time on time. And I know people personally... Who haven't paid her since last May when the evictions don't set in. They got the unemployment money crazy. They they got a couple stimmies. They deal hella drugs. Their logic, I'ma leave Mansfield after the unemployment after the bands lifted, and she can sue me, but it's gonna be a waste of her time. So people really think like that. And it's like the ones who really struggled, I feel bad for. Them. Like if you were trying to like you had to feed your kids or you had to pay rent and you chose to feed your kids, I feel bad for them because they'll get evicted. But the other ones who make no real effort to even try to put something on the rent, I can't feel bad for you because you're a terrible tenant and frankly a bad adult. Like, at some point, you got to make sure your roof is paid for. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Let me clarify one thing. Regardless of the eviction, I don't really have, like, I'm kind of in the same thing as you. Like, hey, if you can and you, like, were able to, you should be paying it. Um, my issue is with the Biden administration, and the Democrats, like trying to save face now when, hey, if you want to pull everything back, fair game. I understand like, hey, we've been putting a lot of money towards unemployment. And people can get back to work and, you know, hey, people can start paying rent because they've been working, et cetera, et cetera. But don't come out the day of or like the day before saying, hey, we're trying to get this done. Like, no, you had plenty of time to do so. And you're just trying to save face with it now. Yeah,
2: that was bullshit.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm on the same wavelength as you all. And it like kills me that all of these people think that all of this money, like the stimulus and now like that child care money that some people are getting and blah, blah, blah. They all think that money is free. And then they're confused as to why taxes is going up. I'm like, did you really think that they weren't going to try to get that back or at least some of it back?
2: I think what confuses me the most is the people who, cause I know a few idiots and I was telling them during the time, I was like, yo, like put a little, some of that on your landlord, like you, you got rent to pay. And a lot of them was like, nah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. If we get evicted, we get evicted. And I was like, yeah, but like you realize when it's over, you're going to owe a lump sum. So it's mm-hmm. not going to be like two, three months process. They're going to come with the cops day of and evict you. Cause you're not going to have that amount of money. And then they probably going to take you to court and over the five, six month span, get that money from you anyway. So, like, you're only fucking yourself because what they want to immediately do is evict you. Because the faster they evict you, the faster they can get somebody in that property who's going to pay them. Rent's going to go down in a lot of areas because they ain't been making money. So they need to get niggas in there who are going to pay some money. So rent's going to go down and then they're still going to collect that money from you that you fucking owe them. Like when people thought that, like, this eviction ban was like, I can live here for free for a year. It blows my mind.
1: And then also, I don't think people are realizing the long-term effects of fucking over your landlord because you're going to have to put your previous landlord's information as a referral for the next place you live. And if they call and that landlord you know, tells them the new situation, they're going to be less likely to approve you for a new place.
0: So. Absolutely. Um, yeah, because like, even like you said, let's say you couldn't put everything towards your rent, like you just, you know, unemployment or whatever wasn't covering it. I feel like, hey, if you were putting like a good faith effort to put, you know, a couple hundred towards it, your landlord would probably be like, all right, I can work with you compared to if you just didn't pay since last May
2: or whatever. Yeah, like at least yeah, My landlord out of Mansfield, Nancy, she had told me because we were talking. I was chopping up with her. She had told me. She was like, there's a lady who lived on the other side where where I used to live my first house with my boy, Deb. She was like, there's a lady who lived on that side of Mansfield. And she's got two kids in a two-bedroom apartment in Mansfield. And it's like college town, like college Ave, really. So it was kind of weird that her family was there. But she was like, she was struggling. She was like, over the last nine months since she's moved in. She's probably in rent right over there 775 She's so like, in the last nine months, she probably paid me $1, $1,200, but she tried, so I'm gonna work with her. And mm-hmm. it's the point that, like, some people try. Like, if you didn't make any effort to come put something on it as a landlord, you gotta go the moment I can get over there and evict you. Yeah. yeah. Well,
0: let me ask you something. So you were talking to Nancy. I don't know if you would even know. Like, if you're just a landlord, was there any programs that were going? towards them for, like, making money so they can pay their mortgage? Or are you just, like, on your own on that?
2: Nancy is the real estate agent who manages these properties. So she's not the actual landlord, but she was saying that there were programs, at least in Pennsylvania, in that area of Pennsylvania, there were programs for some of her uh, clients that she handles or whatever, some of the properties that were going out that was coming directly to them for the first six months of the pandemic. But after that, it was pretty much y'all on y'all loan, and she said that because she was telling me she was like these people are for the most part they're okay because a lot of the money in mansfield is like old money they've had these properties for a while so like most of her clients own their property but if you're like a newer person or renting and you've had a property for like five six years you still have a mortgage so you need the people paying rent to cover the mortgages on these places
0: yeah i mean you would hope that if you do have like a rental property or maybe multiple like You would have money saved up and you would be charging, you know, a decent amount of rent over your mortgage that you'd be making in more money and stuff to cover yourself. But you never fucking know.
2: Yeah, I was going to say when you go a whole year, year, two months of a pandemic that could drain money if you're not getting it from a lot. And that alone ties into what we talked about last week, where a lot of these houses are going to foreclose. A lot of property is going to come up and people are going to come snatch it up for a little to nothing. Because even these landlords, the tenant's are gonna get evicted, but some landlords are gonna lose their property because they weren't able to pay on it. That's just gonna get foreclosed, and the wealthy just gonna get wealthier because they're gonna be your new landlord.
0: Yeah, this, uh, this. I mean, we're in August now. This, this end of the year is gonna be very interesting to see how everything plays out from, you know, the real estate market, the stock market. There's gonna be a lot of interesting. I mean, who knows what's happening with the Delta variant still with COVID, but. It's, it's just going to get real interesting again.
1: So I was talking to somebody about... Speaking of the Delta variant or whatever. I was talking to somebody um, last week about Delta 8 gummies. And I just kept saying Delta 8. And they fucking thought that I was talking about the Delta variant of COVID. <laughs> and I was like, no, you dumbass. It's a completely separate thing. God bless America.
0: You mm-hmm. love to see it. Speaking of America... We got to talk about the Olympics. I do not remember if we were talking about it on the podcast or if this was a group chat discussion. Um, but I remember we are talking about gymnastics, and Ezra was like, you know, Simone's not looking too good, blah, blah, blah. And then the next day, she, like, dropped out of all the competition, and it was like, hey, hand up. Ez knew what he was talking about yep. in the moment.
2: Oh, I've been watching it closely. Since the World Cup, competi- like since they were qualifying for the Olympics, because Kev was like big on Simone is way better than Gabby. And I was like, she's got one more medal, Olympic medal than her. She's not way better. Like it's one medal. So I've been watching her closely. And I said she was stumbling in. And then during the Olympics, the qualifying, like at the Olympics, she was stumbling. So, yeah, I would like to let it be known. I was not hating. I was just calling it how it was. Also, with all of that being said, I don't like what she did. Don't like it one bit. I think we talked about it in the group chat. Um, I get you got to do what you got to do for your mental health or whatever. I don't like the message it sends because I think we talked about it with Naomi. The problem this sends is people think when times is hard or when they have rough days, they can just not go to work. At the end of the day, this is a job. Millions of Americans go to work every day having bad days, not mentally being there, not being mentally strongest that they can be and it's because they don't have a choice. Some people aren't afforded the choice not to go to work because they're having a bad day. So I don't like the message it sends to kids. I don't like that she didn't go out there and compete. Um, it's a high-pressure situation. You're a professional athlete. This is your job to push through high-pressure situations. Um, I guess outside of that, I, I hope she's good eventually. I hope she gets better. So I think there was –
0: The way that the U.S. gymnastics PR team handled this is what fucked it up. Because first you're coming out and you're saying, hey, you know, she's got mental, you know, she's fighting a mental battle here. It's like high stress. But then they're coming out and they're also saying, hey, that she has the twisties, which if you don't know, basically when you're doing all these flips in the air, you're just losing your place in the air and like your equilibrium's all fucked up. And like that's when you can get fucked up and hurt. So then they're coming out with that and then she's like slowly dropping out, but now she's competing. And I think the balance beam and like the individuals yeah. um, in the next couple of days. And it's like, Hey, how about we lead with like the twisties aspect about it and, or, you know, maybe both of them at once, because if, you know, then you're leaving a thing, a lot of things open to interpretation of like what's really going on. And like, then she eventually did a bunch of like Q and a on her Instagram story about what the twisties are. And I think, uh, Anna's sister was even telling me that there was a bunch she was putting up videos of like when she was just eating shit practicing and it's like alright I can wrap my head around like and I think a lot of other people can wrap their head around it a lot more when you're like hey when I'm in the air I don't know what the fuck and where I'm at and I could seriously hurt myself that makes a lot more sense
2: um makes more sense I think it's bullshit I think the first story is right I think they put out the right story the first time or she was going through something mentally. Um, two things can be true. Maybe she was going through something mentally and she had the twisties. All I'm saying is it's Olympic time. This only comes once in a lifetime for most, maybe twice in a lifetime for her. She took this spot from somebody else. There's there's a lot I don't like about it. And meet me and me, me. you, I just like, you got to go compete. And that's almost why I leave it. You,
1: you got to compete. Like when I think about it, I'm kind of on the same page as far as, like, do what you got to do. I don't really understand, but do what you got to do. If I was her teammate, I would be pissed. And I've already said this. Like, you – when it's, like, the team competition and your MVP sits out, like, as a teammate, I would be pissed. But, I mean, it's nothing that you can control. But then, like, I'm – like I, I, will never be able to understand. Obviously, but I can't imagine being at the Olympics and saying like, "Yeah, my mental health's not good. I'm not going to compete." Does that make sense? Like, I would have to be down fucking bad to step out of that. But then again, it's also not her first one, so I guess it's yeah. not her
2: first one. But this is the one that could could have put her in the record books because right now she's not in the record books for the Olympics. She got it for world stuff, but Olympics is a whole different ball game. It's about longevity since it happens only every four years. You got to be able to last eight years to go to more than one. Um, it's I, I, I think where we are in society, at least in America, people like feel like they have to give her a pass because like mental health is stigmatizing. You're not supposed to talk bad about it. All I'm saying is if she's a female. She's doing gymnastics. We're letting her have her mental health. If this was another athlete, if this was a male athlete, sports media would be ripping him. No one would be praising. If this was LeBron, if this was fucking Carson Wentz, if this was any of these people, sports media would be on their ass. Like, wait a second. When Dak said he was depressed from his brother committing suicide, niggas was pretty much calling him pussy. So, like... (laughs) bro.
0: Oh, all right. So, this is a smaller example, right? But, um... Shout out to Jalen Rager, our first-round draft pick last year. His friend got murdered, and his like lifetime friend got murdered, so he failed the conditioning test on like, the first day of camp or whatever. Philly media was ripping him. I don't understand how you can't come prepared to work. This is your job at the end of the day. I'm like, bro, if your lifetime best friend got murdered, if you're not in the best condition shape to start camp during the summer, like right before it happened, I'm not going to fucking blame you for that one.
2: And that's why I think that, I, I don't know what it is, but the world gave her a very different approach than they would have done most of our other superstar athletes. And I get people like, you can't force somebody to entertain you because at the end of the day, I want her out there to entertain me. People want her out there to entertain her. But also at the same time, These endorsements deals she's got, this money she makes, is all because she goes out there and entertains people. So they go hand in hand. If you want to be an entertainer, if you want to make entertainer money, you got to go fucking entertain.
1: Yeah. I did forget. You uh, you can go, Paige. Uh, I was was just going to say, because, yeah, like, you don't get paid to be in the Olympics. You get paid off of how much you win via endorsements and all that stuff. So that's right.
0: Yeah. I know. I had forgot that we even talked about the um – and I'm glad you wrote up our Paige, page about, you know, if you were on the team, like you would be pissed. And, and, you know, she said, Hey, I went there because of I wanted to bring light to the whole, um, was it Larry Nazir or Nazir or whatever, who like molested a shit ton of USA Olympic uh, yeah. gymnasts and stuff. And again, it's like, I understand that, but at the same time, like let's say you knew during trials, cause that was all over. It was here in St. Louis, shout out to St. Louis. Um, that you weren't, like, really into it, bro, there are girls who you have, like, one chance in your lifetime to make the Olympic team. And, hey, if you weren't there and you knew, like, you weren't fully committed to it, let someone else go. That's a a once-in-a-lifetime chance. And, hey, it can help you with the team, with the team's uh, stuff. You can help with the individual stuff. Like, it's just not a great look for you to get there and then be like, damn, I'm out. And it's like, if I was one of the girls who was, like, on the cutting block, we're, we're scrapping when you get back from the Olympics. Like I don't know what to tell um, you. Yeah, I
1: mean, I'd be
2: more mad if I'm one of the girls there because they got silver. If right. she's who she says she is, if she's who the world claims she is, they would have got gold if she just showed up. So I'm mad because a silver medal don't mean nothing compared to being a gold medaling Olympus. That's I mean, one. The endorsement deals you'll get from being a gold medal Olympus, which they would have got if she was on that team, is way better than a silver medal. And then secondly, I absolutely would hate. She set out the team event, but they said that she gonna perform on the beam by herself tomorrow. That don't sit right with me. So you got good to go get yourself another medal. But when it was the team, (laughs) fuck us.
0: And they said when she, um, I think Lauren and her sister told me like when she did the team one, but the day before, like the qualifiers before she dropped out. Like even when she wasn't on her shit, she was still the highest scoring one. So they definitely would have won gold, even if she just went out there and like fucked around.
1: That's what I said in the group chat. I was like, even if she half-assed her routine, they still would have gotten gold. Yeah. No, but um, I had another point. So her teammate, I think her name was like Sunny or Sunny Lee. Sunny Lee. Yeah. Yes. So she got gold all around. Mm -hmm. How would like? What do you? How do you think she feels? Like, you think Boom. she actually feels like she won that or just because absolutely. she
2: set out? Yeah. Absolutely. She an Olympic, she Olympic gold medalist. In her mind, she probably thought she was there to challenge her for that anyway. So, absolutely. And she practiced with her and see how she practicing. She probably see her looking bad the last couple of weeks. She probably went there knowing she was going to beat her.
0: Yeah. I feel like you take the Olympic gold. I, uh, I actually watched it because, again, Anna's sister is big on it. And, like, when we were watching, I guess it was the replay, so we already knew she won. Mm -hmm. But My one thing I'll say about it is, like, the girl played it kind of safe, because I guess when you do the floor, you do, like, four different runs, Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: she only did three and, like, kind of, I guess was going more for, like, execution-wise than a higher score, and, like, she was lucky that the girl who was right behind her, like, stepped out a couple times, so I don't even know if she really thought she was going to win it, because, like, let's say that girl didn't step out the two or three times she did, like, she would have got silver regardless. So I don't even know if she has a winning attitude, to be frank. But that's a different story.
1: <laughs> like if if I was her, I don't know if I would be like, oh yeah, I got this. I deserve it. Or just be like, I really want off of other people's you know, mistakes, bailouts.
2: Hell no. Know, a winner's a I'm winner. I'm going don't into the interview. The I'm going into the interview talking my shit. I won this because she wasn't mentally strong enough to compete.
0: (laughs) You just cut a full heel promo like, I'm better, I'm stronger. She wishes she could be me right now. Jesus,
2: Absolutely.
0: Now, that's crazy, though. I don't, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, what they do is dangerous. If you land incorrectly, you could definitely. Yeah. But, man, I don't know. Sitting at the Olympics. Watching and knowing you're giving up a gold medal is crazy to think about.
2: I was saying like what they do is dangerous. I'm not saying it's not dangerous. Yeah. But there's a lot of other sports where niggas do shit that's dangerous. And on their bad days, they still go out there and do that shit that's dangerous.
1: There was another um athlete that set out too. Does anybody know? Naomi agree?
2: did a while back.
1: No, it was like this Olympics. I think oh, she I don't know was. who that is. Tennis? No.
2: Yeah, I Naomi's mean, tennis. I don't know who set out for this Olympics.
1: Hold on. I saw it the other day.
0: I feel like it ha- the only person I could think about would be Naomi. Yeah.
2: But I don't but She know. set out for Wimbledon or whatever. Yeah. She got bounced in the Olympics. <laughs> by, like, the 44th ranked player in the nation. Not in the nation, in, like, the world. I was like, come on. Yeah, that's a that's a tough look to take.
0: Um, do we have any other Olympic thoughts while Paige is looking up who, who um, all set out?
2: I went a couple of days without Wi-Fi, still don't have it. I've been using my hotspot to catch up on Love Island and then do some homework and record this. I was heavy on the swimming last week. What I will say, one, fucking, that girl, what's her name, Ledecky? Is a fucking monster. (laughs) I watched her do the 1,500. First off, I don't ever want to watch anybody do 30 laps in the pool ever again. It wasn't even close. The 800 wasn't even close. See, it ain't fair what she was doing to those bitches.
1: (laughs) And she's 15. Huh? She's 15 years old.
2: Is she really? Yeah, she's a sophomore
1: in high school.
2: I thought she was way older than that. She has
1: so many more Olympics ahead of her. Like, I wouldn't be surprised by the time she's done. She will have more medals than Phelps.
0: I mean, if she goes like that, fuck yeah, dude.
1: And then there was another U.S. um, Olympian. What was his name? Uh, it was like Dressels or oh
0: yeah, uh, what you're talking
1: about and yeah. I. And he's the third male uh, Olympic swimmer in the world to get um, like individual medals in every single category he competed in. Like he got gold in every single thing he did the entire week.
2: I you know. What? Ledecky is twenty-four.
1: No, she's fifteen years old. That's no, ma'am. The-
0: Watching it. She is 24. You might be thinking of the girl who was from Alaska. She's seven.
2: That one's 17. I
1: swear I saw that when I was watching
2: it. No, she's 24. I had to check that one, but she is from the DMV. So, you know, (laughs) Michael Phelps, Ledecky, it's in our water.
0: (laughs) I watched the uh, 800 fucking meter. Uh, First of all, again, I didn't realize how many laps that was. My dude, Bobby Fink. Came from the fucking deepest back to win it all. It was the most electric thing. And I think that was the moment where Anna was like, you can just get into any sport for any reason. I was like, yeah, honestly, you give me like five minutes and I'll be talking shit on another team. Oh. Person about it. Oh, I, was
2: talking, I was talking so much shit on the water polo, fucking <laughs> water polo. And I'm not going to lie to you, I don't know why or how, but fucking that mountain biking is intense, bro. What that shit don't make no sense. They (laughs) like it's like they built the worst mountain in the world and said bike it. (laughs) I was watching that shit like, oh my god, how are they not dead?
0: I need to watch mountain biking. Dude, I didn't know it was a thing.
2: Mountain biking went crazy. You know they added fucking rock climbing, like the rock climbing walls and gyms. Rock climbing is an Olympic sport now. They added fucking surfing. I was like, bro, like, kind of bullshit is on right now.
0: Bro, I saw a post. I guess I'll ask you this and we can get into our life topics after. If you had four years to, like, practice, let's say you didn't have to do any job, like you could be self-funded by whatever godforsaken thing. If you had four years, what sport could you potentially win a gold medal in? Or just a medal in anything,
1: I guess.
2: Handball and volleyball easy.
1: So Katie Grimes was the 15-year-old. And they were comparing Ledecki because Ladecki also started at fifteen, but back in twenty twelve.
0: Mm, okay. Mm. So that's what it was. Handball or volleyball? Easy. Handball, I think. I also think water polo, because I think it's similar, but also if you had four years to really like train on your like swimming, I think you'd be fine.
2: I was saying, I was like, honestly, not for the mountain biking, but for just the regular cycling. I almost think that if you had enough time to train, as long as you had good enough endurance, you could. Because it's not like you have to be a physical specimen or a great athlete. You just have to have outstanding endurance. Yeah. Like, I'm almost surprised some of those, like, African track runners who do, like, the long-distance cross-country events in the Olympics don't also cycle to collect two medals. Because they probably kill it.
0: I mean, it's probably... I don't know. I, I should. I don't know. I just assumed. I was thinking, I was like, honestly, any team sport would probably give you the best chance to medal just because if you have a sh- strong ass team, like you could really Definitely. just skate by doing nothing.
2: Truly could. Yeah.
0: This episode, now we're going to get into our kind of life portion of it. These are different topics that, you know, correspond with daily things in your life, etc., uh, etc. Et so the first one we're going to start out with that. At any point, do your parents become more of just your peers and less of your parents?
1: Are, are you asking personally or in general?
0: I mean, I would I, I would say more personally because I feel like it, every situation is different.
1: Yeah, I, personally, I think it depends on your relationship like with your parents. I think that my parents became more of my peers or just people that I talked to rather than listened to um, was when... I like
2: moved out and was on my own. I don't think for me, excuse me. I don't think at any point my parents will be my peers because they are my parents. They'll always have that respect of they raised me. They taught me right from wrong. They showed me what, what I'm supposed to do in this world. They'll always have that built in respect that is going to make them my parents and not my peers. My peers is somebody I can say and do whatever I want around. I can, like, I'm not calling my parents nigga in no aspect ever. I'm only <laughs> going to joke with my parents so much. Yeah, I think, I think the line would get blurry when they, like, to make them peers. Because then I think that would be, like, taking some respect that, like, they rightfully earned as being parents. Other adults in my life will at some point become peers. I don't think my parents will, though.
1: Like if you went and stayed with your parents, you wouldn't listen to them if they gave you like a curfew or something, right? You said what? Like if you went and stayed with your parents and they're like, Oh yeah, you need to be back by midnight, would you listen to that or do you think If I
2: was staying with them, I'd absolutely listen to that. Oh. (laughs) Like what? That's the house. I wouldn't stay with them because of that curfew. But if I was staying with them, yeah, I'd listen to that.
0: Uh, I feel like I'm very much in that like blurred area in my life because I feel like yeah they definitely are my parents and, like they'll always be that but like there is a certain sense where I'm just kind of like you're there we're kind of the same we're kind of right. similar we're having just open discussions about things or but maybe that just might just be like going into adulthood where you just don't view your parents as like these like kind of otherworldly beings and they're just kind of like normal
2: people to you. Yeah, they're still to me they're still normal people. Here's what I'd say. Let's say when I was sixteen, I had high school teachers, I had a boss at the job, I had coaches. All of those people now, I can run into them in the street and they regular niggas. Those are just my peers. That'll never be my parents though. Yeah.
0: Peers are just a very interesting word but what about like like if you're like 35 you have like two kids like i guess no nah, they're still tending to your parents i just I yeah don't. i could be
2: 30 i could be 40 with a great job making more money than they ever did living the life and they will always not be my peers because they're the ones who raised me told me right from wrong showed me how to make it in life and i've always respected them as my parents If I had, like, a bad relationship or something, maybe that would be a little different. But I just feel like dumbing it down to calling my parents my peers would just be disrespectful.
1: Well, I mean, your parents are always going to be your parents. But I think the question was, like, when do you start talking to them? Like, it's not like a child-parent aspect as far as, like, talking or associating or something like that. It's more like, Oh, they're people you just call and talk to.
2: No, I told them to talk to them, but I still talk to them like it was my parents. I'm still, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yeah, I'll let you know when I do that.
1: Just because you're somebody's peer doesn't mean you're going to blatantly disrespect them.
2: <laughs> like, no, I think being a peer would, in, at least to me, what I imagine a peer, a peer would take down some of the level of respect than what I would give my parent. Because if you're my peer, we're equal. I'm not going to be equal with my parent at any point. Those are my parents. I'm going to be equal with any and all of my peers.
0: But I guess if we're going to go off of what the question was asked, it's not necessarily saying like, hey, these you're, they're exactly your peers, but when do you start treating them more of like that. So I guess it's more when do you kind of transition from like listening and following everything they do say, and you're kind of like more on the same kind of adult level.
2: I was never listening to everything they said.
0: <laughs> of course, you
2: weren't. So, when did you view yourself
0: kind of on honest like near the same level that they're at
2: in adulthood? Uh, I, that's tricky for me because me and my parents have been able to talk about any and everything my whole life. So, conversation didn't change or nothing like that. So, conversationally, we've always been good. So we could conversate about anything. We were on equal levels conversationally. But outside of that, I wouldn't go no further.
0: Let's see. Let's see what else we have. What else do we have? This is actually a pretty interesting one. Stop letting women push the conversation on what is and isn't a man.
2: wasn't a podcast. It was a conversation I was having with one of the bros. He's from back in the day. Um, I've also heard, like, me and Kevin talked about it before or whatnot. I just think when people are like, "Uh, he's not a gentleman or he's not a man, he's a boy and stuff like that, that irritates me because I don't like women putting their spin on what they think being a man is or is not. Like at no point should you not being a man have the final say in what is or isn't a man. Because if we were to do that with women, Oh, they'd be hot. They'd be mad. Oh, they'd you do be do that pissed with off. Women. You would tell me I
1: so, do that with women. Men say that all the time about the difference between girls versus women. Or girlfriends or sluts versus wifey material. You hear it all the time. Don't even ask what,
2: what does that have to do with being a woman? Girlfriends and sluts don't got nothing to do with womanhood.
1: That was an example of the differences between two different words.
2: So what does this have to do with being a woman?
1: I said, you said that men never make the assumption between girls versus women. That happens all the time.
2: I ain't say that first off.
1: Yeah. You literally just, I literally,
2: I I literally said if men were to do that, they would be upset. And it sounds like you upset if somebody would have made that assumption before. What I'm saying is as a man, I'm not letting women ever tell me what a man is or what a man ain't, or disrespect another man and call him a boy or something like that. Because the fuck do they know about being a man? Stop letting women push the narrative of what manhood is or is supposed to be.
1: And men should do the exact same thing towards women.
2: Um,
1: men don't. Have, I guess if, have, if that was a topic, what a woman is because they are not women. Correct, based on I your. Guess
2: if- I guess if that was the topic That could be said Okay. I'm just speaking on manhood I don't know nothing about What being a woman is or is supposed to be I do know what being a man takes
0: I had a father
2: I had a father show me What being a man was So I don't need no woman to ever Tell me what being a man is Should be, should look like None of that
1: And I completely agree. But don't act like it's a one sided, one sex subject, because it definitely happens to both genders.
2: Mm, I was only talking about the gender that affects me. I don't really care about what what the women go on through. If if they got a problem with men telling them what womanhood should be, that's a problem that's valid. But that's a fight they've got to fight on their own. I pick and choose what I choose to fight for nowadays. You brought
1: it up as a podcast subject. I was telling my point of view, just saying that it doesn't happen to one gender. Right,
0: oh, so yeah. That's- they, do you, do you want to then give your thing about why men shouldn't tell a woman what a woman is and what isn't?
1: Well, I mean, for the same reason that I don't think only men can make laws about women. It doesn't make any sense. How would you know what a woman goes through if you're not one? Just like his, you know, I think that I have the exact same opinion as Ezra, just from the female perspective.
2: So you did all that to say that you agree with me?
1: No, I said all of that because you made it sound like only women put that presumption on men when it is you very much. You know, what is. <laughs> it happens. Performative is well, like when
2: somebody. X out I'm to like trying to make footage.
1: a dance on a subject and you keep interrupting and talking over me like you do every Are single podcast. Are you still
2: going? I thought yeah, you were I'm done. I'm
1: going because you keep interrupting me and I'm going to get my part. All right,
2: finish, finish what you had to say.
1: Oh, thank you for your permission. Anyway.
2: That wasn't permission. I was just saying I was going to let you finish.
1: No, you were giving me permission to speak and I appreciate that.
2: I don't know if that's permission, me saying you finish what you had to say. I was acknowledging that I was going to let you finish. A few moments later. Did we do all of that not for you to finish what you had to
1: say? No, I finished what I had to say, but you wouldn't have heard it. because Oh, my God. Now,
2: Eric, she's saying she finished what she had to say. When when she just said she didn't finish what she had to say.
1: The entire time.
2: Eric, as the mediator, (laughs) did you not witness a 30-second pause for her to say whatever she had to say? And she said Nothing. I no, did I got so.
1: my point across, but you didn't hear it because you talked over me the entire time. Yeah,
2: that's cap. I literally stopped for like 30 seconds and was waiting for you to finish because you said that you had more to say.
1: But I was already done and you talked over me the whole oh time.
2: Okay, so back to what I was saying. Performative. When someone does something for the theatrics or dramatics, all of that was fucking performative because you wanted all this space to talk and then said nothing. Okay. Okay
0: jesus christ what the fuck i i will say i did think when okay so when you said hey uh or as you said that as gave you permission i did think that you were going to follow up with more words so that's why there was a 30 second pause i thought you did have something else to say all right let's just get into a more divisive topic then um as you drop this one in also today uh, white people didn't educate black people on how to assimilate into their culture. So, why are black people responsible for teaching white people how to assimilate into their culture or black culture?
2: I guess. This was a very interesting topic that I came across. I was watching on all the smoke podcasts. I'm back on my podcast, Psychonauts, I'm not working yet. I was watching my all the smoke podcast this morning, and uh, Acho from the morning show where Wiley was on there, and he was talking about how. He was doing something called, it was like a letter from a black man or open conversation with a black man. And he said one of his female colleagues, like he was just, when open what an open conversation with a black man was, was him like answering questions that he thinks white people like don't want to ask black people or don't have black friends to ask that question. So he's like answering questions like just different things. Like why do black people wear do-rags? Why can, like the generic, why can you say the N-word but we can't? Can we say in a song? Stuff like that. He was just having like an open conversation for anybody of who wasn't black, who had questions for black people but didn't want to answer it, didn't want to ask it, know how to ask it, or have somebody they could feel comfortable asking. So like he was submitting questions he was answering them. And he said to them, he was like one of his female black colleagues reached out to him and was like, I don't like that you do that. And he was like, huh? I'm like, "Helping? What's what you mean? And she was like, I don't like that you do that because they never taught us how to assimilate into their culture. So why are we teaching, why are we responsible for teaching them how to assimilate into our culture as a minority? And when I heard that, I was like, because when I told first said what he was doing, I was like, all right, it makes sense. Like, whatever, I'm not going to listen to it. But like I bet some people do. But after I heard him explain that, like his female colleague reached out and was like, yo, like, nobody taught us how to assimilate. Why are we left holding the bag to teach them how to assimilate? I was like, you know what? She's got a very valid point. Cause one day we were just we had to. We were, if we didn't assimilate, we were lazy, we were hood, we were hoodlums, all that. But if they don't assimilate, into our culture, nothing matters. Like people people still don't know like why people wear doing regs. People still don't know, like people still ask the dumb question. Can I say the n-word? People still out there saying the n-word and so like it's stuff like that, like that they should have like assimilated into the culture and found these answers by now. That I don't know if he should be responsible for teaching them. So I just thought it was an interesting take. Wanted to get y'all opinions as non-black people, but I do think it's a very interesting take. That I guess what I'm saying is I want to know if y'all thought it was a good idea by Acho to have the like open conversation because that's part one, and then part two, if you think that in some capacity the female colleague had a point that like we shouldn't be responsible for teaching the white people how to assimilate to our culture.
1: No, I agree. Um, I myself am guilty of like asking my friends questions I'm not comfortable like asking anyone just because I didn't know like what was offensive and what was not but by no means was it like their job to tell me but then also I think part of it has to do like with where you're living um like where I live it's like probably 90% white and while it is our responsibility to like be more educated not only in like the black community but like latino or you know any other kind of um community like that it's no one's job to teach us but if we want or need to learn we need to do it so i agree
0: i was actually i was actually a fan of watching uh, i think i watched most of his series um on it because I think the, like the first one that like went pretty viral was when he had like a bunch of cops on and he was you know having conversations with them um, and I, I thought this series was good I'd never really thought about anything of like assimilating culture because even he had like you know um, interracial couples and they were talking about those kind of struggles so I don't think it was necessarily I don't think it was necessarily like hey he's informed people of the culture and assimilating but just having like an open dialogue about things people might not be aware of And I I understand the lady's point, but I think it gets into kind of a dangerous territory that we've talked about before of, like, you know, there's nothing wrong with if people are, like, uninformed to ask questions, but you don't have to, like, be the person to answer it. You can say no, but I don't think we should ever kind of chastise people for trying to get, you know, informed about things that they're not fully educated in or just don't have any, like... Kind of knowledge about, so I, I think it's like I can get it, but I, I think it's if he wants to do that, it's not like anybody's forcing him. Like, hey, you need to do this. You need to teach people. Yeah, like if he wants to. Like, that's fair game to him.
2: That's kind of where I fall on it because to me, I was like, mm. she's got a point, and I can see some people like I can see my like parents or some of my older siblings thinking similar things, but at the same time. Who am I to, like, tell him, don't do that? Don't give the free help for people who want who want to have it. Because at some point, that would mean that the people who are trying to, like, learn to assimilate into our culture are, like, going out of their way to find this stuff, look at it, subscribe to you, and, like, get the ins and outs. So to an extent, not even to an extent, like, just point blank, that alone is them trying to learn, like, and trying to help themselves understand so I'm not mad at what he's doing or the people who use it to be like helpful information.
0: Yeah, it's it's you know there's nothing wrong with trying to learn and especially I mean, dude the world is ever evolving. We have new you know subgenres of like race and ethnicities. You have different genders now. Like the shit's constantly evolving and it's there's nothing wrong with trying to figure things out and understand what's correct and what's not correct. And I mean, that's just, it's kind of a part of evolution in life almost. So it'd be kind of stupid to be like, no, don't help people assimilate. Like if you're willing to, and you want to help people, like you should, you know, if you want to, and you're willing to like, go ahead. And if you don't want to, that's also your right to do so. You don't have to help people at the same time.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Nobody's, it's nobody's, you know, job or responsibility, but it's better than a bunch of people going into it, like, super ignorant.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because ignorant is, is, you know.
2: You yeah. can assimilate and, like, you can learn how to assimilate the right way. I would just hope these people aren't going about it the wrong way. And the immediate thing that comes to my mind is, like, this little, like, Fed. I've seen on IG, I've seen on TikTok, the white boys in do rags. Like, to me, like that that ain't what we need. Like, now you're misappropriating my culture because there is no reason for you to have this do rag.
1: Yeah. That's, Zero that's, reason. That's big with uh girls on different kinds of braids. Like I think there's a lady on TikTok that got like pink box braids. And um she was getting Like, chastised about cultural appropriation and stuff. And then she shaved him off and, like, sent out this big apology thing. And it's like, you probably just should not have done that in the first place. Or figured out if it was okay or, you know, whatever is going on with that. But don't just, I don't know, go into it blindly, I guess.
0: Hey, let's have an open conversation about braids real quick. Mm -hmm. At what point can you get braids and at what point is it, like, fucked up that you got braids because i feel like white people toe a dangerous line like there's like a white stoner dude to have braids and like is that fair game like are we talking like like dreads like what what are we talking
1: kinds of braids i think
0: yeah there's a bunch so i'm like is there like certain ones that are off limits for people or like are braids fair game for everybody
2: i'm not super informed on braids i just know like the generic like box braids i know like Dreads clearly or locks. I know the um fucking cornrows stuff like that. Yeah, little smoke braids, whatever you're calling those. To me, I don't have any like beef with anybody having. Like to me, it's a hairstyle. I'm not saying you can't have braids. I'm not saying you can't. If y'all want them, go crazy. But I know some people get more up in arms about it. To me, it's a hairstyle. Mm. It's fine. I'm not. I'm not pressed on it.
1: Yeah, I'm not... I don't know where the line is. Because um, I know that... I mean, when I was super little and you always see that white bitch come back from the beach and she has, like, fucking corn rolls with beads and stuff. I mean, I definitely did that when I was in, like, middle school. And then I've seen a lot of things recently how that's um, cultural appropriation to, like, Caribbean uh women and stuff and like I had no idea but apparently there's a line there but I mean I had no idea I just thought that it was braids so I'm not really I'm not really educated on that either but I know a lot of them are not good
0: apparently see this is the conversation that we need Emmanuel to talk about because I feel like there's a lot of shit that pops off about braids like randomly like I feel like I remember some like white dude in like Arizona had like dreads and like they were freaking out about that and then it's like I remember see, I think there's a difference when like people were pissed I think it was like Kim K had like braids or like box braids or something yeah. and like people were up in arms about that but I feel like I don't know it's it's very confusing I saw a dude on TikTok like a white kid yesterday had like Iverson braids and like people in the comments were hyping him up so I'm, I don't understand where the line is.
2: Cultural appreciation appropriation it's definitely a thing. I think there are more important things that we can gatekeep as a culture than braids. To me, braids is not on the list of stuff I'm going to be pissed at. Yeah, But,
1: but some think, people are. Yeah, I think it's just like the easy access thing to be mad about, though, because it happens so often as well.
0: And then I was going to ask, like, at what point is something cultural appropriation and when is it fair game? Because I feel like when it comes to braids, like there might be certain styles that are more popular within certain cultures, but it's like, do you have claim on all like braids forever? Like can no one else get braids or is it like, like that's where cultural appropriation gets a little dicey because it's like when is it like legit where you're like hey, you're appropriating? I think it's it's easier to spot when let's say like corporations are doing something that's clearly like Playing towards a certain group of people, but when it comes to like a hairstyle, like can like white guys get like an undercut and like if uh, someone else got it, like that's a cultural
2: appropriation there. I think for cultural appropriation, it's got to be something that is like embedded within their culture, and it's almost like almost only this culture really does that. So like the hairstyle, right. the hairstyle don't that don't mean nothing to me. Like, bonnets, do-rags, that's black people. Like, I feel like we can all look at that and be like, yeah, that's black. Even stuff when it comes to, like, the way people leave. If I come over to your house, and because I'm coming, you make pig feet and collard greens, I'm going to be like, hey, yo, like, (laughs) what's going on with this plate here? Oh, my God. Because that's like... That's clearly our culture. Even if we're trying to move away from it, that is clearly our culture. It'd be like Indian people, like they eat the curry and stuff like that. I know there's a couple of like other, like some of the Caribbean countries eat curry too. But it'd be like you have an Indian friend come over and your mom make curry for the first time in her life. Knowing y'all don't eat curry, I'd be like, bro, like what? Yeah.
1: So just so everyone knows, the culture appropriation definition. Mm Mm-hmm is the unacknowledged or inappropriate adoption of a custom practice idea of one people or society of people and typically more dominated people. The examples are like a Native American headdress. There's also one with the... um, What is the Jewish... uh, Yarmulke? Yes, that. There is box braids. There are... Colorful dreads. Oh, God. Adele dressed up like a um, Jamaican dancer. Jesus.
0: Isn't she dating... Is she dating, like, Rich Paul or something? Just I don't remember.
2: She's dating someone. I don't know if it's Rich Some Paul. Some
1: rapper, yeah.
0: Shout out to Rich Paul, dude. Running the NBA free agency. Now he's dating Adele. That's... Braids are interesting. I need I need someone who's way more knowledgeable about braids. We need a braid expert in here at some point. Yeah,
2: that's true.
0: Because also, like, I didn't even think about colorful dreads. Like, if you get like them color, like, I would not have thought about that at all. I, I'm assuming, like you said, it's probably going to be like a you know like a certain thing of like a Caribbean thing or like a black thing of like, hey, like you know, Black women typically wear box braids. Like, so when we see a white girl doing it, it's like weird or they're trying to suck on the culture or something i don't know
1: french braids and dutch braids are okay though so google has told me
0: yeah um god how the fuck do we get all the way to braids oh um assimilating in the culture yeah, yeah, any, yeah. any other thoughts on assimilating to the culture or trying to educate people or anything like that
2: no, i'm pretty good on that one
0: would you feel offended um as or if let's say like you had a white friend, and they were like, "Hey, like, I want to ask you about like some things within the black culture. Like, would that rub you some type of way
2: at all?" Um, I do have some white. Friends. I have had some white friends ask me some questions. I've also had some white friends ask me some bad questions. So it depends on the merit of their question. When I have white friends who are like, "Am I allowed to say the n word?" That's like a dumb throwaway question. Well, I'm yeah. friends with two of my. That almost lets me know that we can be friends. Then I've had white friends who are like, am I allowed to say it in songs? I'm like, bro, like, if you ask me about the N-word at all, the merit of the question alone has to be thrown out as well as you as a person. Um, If it's truly just a question that you're, like, curious about, I know when I first got to Mansfield, there were some girls in, like, the class who didn't understand why we were in do-rags. And that's because they're PA. They probably ain't never really seen niggas, and they probably never did see niggas in do-rags because you're not really wearing do-rags out the house, out the house like that. So if they were ever around black people, they probably weren't. But if you're just going to class, you're probably going to keep the do-rag on. So that doesn't bother me because I can understand that like you ain't really been around black people, so I get it. Um, Long as you're not like wording it disrespectful. Like, don't say why do Blacks or why do your people. Like, stuff like that, like, the wording of the question can irritate me. The merit could. But if it's just, like, an honest question that you truly don't know the answer to, I don't have no problem.
1: I think I've even asked Ezra something before. Probably. Uh, It was, um, like, that skincare thing I do. They came out with, like, a charcoal mask. And... Um there was like a big legal thing about how they were promoting blackface with the charcoal mask. And I think I texted you and was like, is this blackface? Like is this offensive? I don't know like what the correct way to go about this is. And you're like, no, it's just a face mask.
0: I think that I mean see, and that that's what gives like certain things a bad name when we're talking about like cant culture and stuff like A charcoal mask is not blackface. There's no way. Like, it's literally charcoal, and it's a skincare thing. You're not, like, painting your face black and, like, accentuating Mm -hmm. certain features like they did back in the day, which was clearly racist. Yeah. That was a good little topic to get us back on track after you guys had a fucking screaming match for a minute.
1: All right, it happens.
0: It happens. Hey, and it's going to be left in this podcast, so if you guys don't like, I don't know what to tell you. You already got this far. Um, I think we're just going to do two more real quick. I think this is a nice little easy one. Uh, When you ask other people, like, how are you? Do you actually mean it? Or is it just kind of a social norm that we're all doing to just be like a nice person?
1: Oh, shit. This was my topic. Yeah. So, um, oh, God, I cannot remember what I was watching. But somebody was talking about how they want to be more intentional with how they speak to people. And how big of a difference is when you actually ask someone how they are and actually want an answer because you actually care? Or do we all just ask everybody how they are just to be polite? And I was like, holy shit, it really depends on the person for me. Because sometimes I really want to know. But, I mean, if I, you know, come across somebody at Walmart, I'm just going to be like, hey, how are you? And go about my business.
0: Yeah, I think there's almost like... There's almost a, a way in which you say it. Like, if there's if you're talking to someone and you don't really care, like, it might be... It's usually, like, a glancing walking by, like, oh, hey, what's up? How are you? Good, yeah. How are you? Good. And you keep it moving. But if it's, like, someone you're generally, like, want to know, you're like, oh, dude, what's up? Like, how are you? Have you been? Like, what are you up to? Like, you probably ask, like, a follow-up question and then a follow-up question to let people know you actually give a fuck.
1: Exactly. And I think we've talked about it on here before. It was, like... Um Like for me right now, I've started getting in the habit of like, if people ask me how I am and they genuinely want to know, I'm just going to be like, okay, do you want the real answer or do you want like a bullshit answer? Because what we've talked about is people being ready for like emotional um, baggage of people. Like, are you like ready to actually hear if I'm okay or not? Or do you just want to be polite and ask me? So I started asking that to people. And that's, like, kind of changed my way of interacting with a lot of people that, you know, don't actually really give a shit how I am.
2: So. I think for me, um, if I ask, like, I'm probably going to say how you're living or something like that. If I ask, I'm probably only asking people I haven't seen in a while. And I genuinely care, usually. Like, if I haven't seen you in a while and I ask how you're doing or what's up, I'm expecting you to tell me, like, how you've been. Because I haven't seen you in a while. The people I talk to regularly, I don't really ask them how they're doing because they're doing bad. I'm assuming they're going to let me know, like, day off or it's been a bad day or times and shit.
1: Yeah. I need to change, like, my... Because, you know, like, you're drunk at a bar or whatever and you see somebody and you're like, oh, hey, how are you? Blah, blah, blah. You catch up, then you go. I need to, like, change what I ask or something because I probably don't actually care. You know? Like, if somebody I graduated from high school with, I don't really care that much, to
0: be fair. What if you just said, like, you good?
1: So, Someone yeah. says yes,
0: then you're good. That's a one – there's no follow-up to that.
1: Yeah, you doing good? Yeah, all right,
0: cool. No, no, not I'm you doing good. good. Just you good?
2: oh mm, I feel like my go-to for people I don't really, like, care or want to have a long conversation with, I just ask what they're getting into nowadays. And they'll be like, I'm working for so-and-so. I live so-and-so. And then we go about our business, especially in the bird, because it's like the suburbs of Nova. So most of our parents have money and live there. Most of the people we went to high school with don't actually live there. So you usually run into them around like holidays and stuff. You just ask what they're getting into. They tell you what job they got, where they live now, and then you go your separate ways.
0: Yeah, now I'm trying to think about like what is the I don't give a fuck but I have to be nice to you comment. Or can we just can we just start ignoring people? Is that fine?
2: It is fine. I mean you can if you <laughs> You're not trying to talk to somebody. You can just give them the head nod, let them know you've seen them, or just damp them up and keep it moving. Yeah, mm. just
1: wave and look away. The he head nod. Eye contact. Yeah.
2: The
0: head nod is one of the best. It's an all-time classic of head nod, right. and you just turn around.
1: That There is one good thing about being blind and not wearing glasses. I rarely actually see anyone. Yeah, so I mean, if
0: he me. You'll get some weirdo who slides into like your Snapchat or like your DM saying, So you saw me, didn't say what's up, and it's like, we're not going to do this.
1: That's 1,000% happened to me, and I was like, I literally don't know who you are, but
0: Especially, like, you as a girl. I feel like, let's say some guy hasn't seen you since, like, college, and they're trying to shoot their shot. It's, like, probably the same person who asked for their hug back in high school. They're like, so you just saw me and work and say hi to me? Some shit like that.
2: Oh, my God. Not the where's my hug guy.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. The where's my hug guy is the worst. Oh, my God.
2: No. Imagine being
1: that guy.
0: What? Like what?
1: Well, I just say I don't know. Where's my hug? I don't know? <laughs> I've, once, I've done that like a couple times.
0: That might be the best response. Where's the hug? I don't know. I don't know, man. You hate to see it, huh?
1: My favorite thing recently about it's kind of like a synonym of the "Where's my hug" guy. It's when somebody sends you your own Instagram picture and comments on it but they don't comment on the picture. It's so, like I had somebody do that this morning, and instead of being like, thank you, that's so nice, blah, blah, I was like, why didn't you just comment on the picture?
2: Because <laughs> it's just between sneaky links. Yeah, he yeah. needs a sneaky link. Oh, oh, he he's, only. People see it.
1: he's not cute enough to have a sneaky link.
2: <laughs> that's exactly why he would be your sneaky link. You can't <laughs> tell people about it. No,
1: that. No, I thought you meant he was hiding from his sneaky links.
2: No. But no, he would never. Maybe, be- he might be trying to make you his sneaky link.
1: No, mm mm. Maybe he bet in ten. <laughs> um, if if I showed you, you'd be like. Mm.
0: Yo, I'm not gonna lie. When I posted my pink suit smoking the cigar and I had a bunch of people like react to it, I was like, "Yo, is this what girls feel like? Because this feels fantastic."
2: Yes, it is. <laughs> that was a powerful moment, me.
0: Bro, I was like, I was smoking the cigar. we at. I was like, towards the end of the wedding, and I was like, "Damn, I feel kind of tough." And I think the guy was like, you want me to take a picture? And I was like, honestly, yeah. And then I just started doing it. And I, he sent me down and I was like, hold on. This is different right now.
1: <laughs> I love that. He, like he asked you like, dude, you look great. Let me take a picture.
0: Yeah. It just fucking worked out. Shout out to Kevin. Dude, yeah. What a man. What a man. Um, all right, we'll end this one last topic of the day. And then we'll do a super, super quick porch talk, sports talk. As you dropped this in the chat yesterday, Paige had no idea what you were talking about. If you could play Manhunt in one location, where would it be?
2: Yeah, what? All right, Manhunt. Hide and seek in the dark. Everybody played as a kid, I assume. Oh. Um, Manhunt <laughs> in any one location? Alcatraz. Manhunt in Alcatraz would be crazy. I did not An even. An abandoned prison yet. like that would go wild.
1: So you pretty much want somewhere where there's a lot of places to hide.
2: Um, somewhere where there's a lot of places to hide, maybe somewhere where it's a little creepy, spooky, the abandoned prison would add a, a twist to manhunt.
0: Especially if you believe in, like, ghosts and shit, or just, like, bad oh, yeah. spirits.
2: And that's where you sent the worst of the worst people? It would be crazy.
0: How do we feel about a corn maze?
1: Corn maze? I feel um, like not, it, you can just plow through a corn maze if you really wanted to.
0: I mean, but probably not recommended.
1: Oh no, not a at all. It's painful, but a corn
2: maze, no. A corn field, you got me. <laughs> it's something about the maze having entrances and exits, and like, and like fucking mowed down paths. That's like, eh. but a corn field, yeah, that go crazy.
0: A really tall grass. Yeah, it's a field of really tall grass.
1: I think there's this place in Louisville. It's called, like, Waverly.
0: Waverly uh, Place?
1: No. But it's, like, a haunted old hospital. I feel like that one would be really good. And it's fucking huge. Like, it is so big. And you can pay, like, 200 bucks to uh, tour it for a night. But if we were to just play a big game of hide-and-seek, that would be sick in there.
0: Are there... All right, so if we're in these places, are there at, like... Any little bit of light at all, or is it just pitch no. black? Because I feel like that gets kind of dangerous running around at it's, full speed.
2: I was, it's pitch black. You do get a flashlight, but yeah. I have. We grew up with the rules to manhunt. You do get a flashlight, but you can't be with anybody. Because mm-hmm. I remember there would be people who would try to like, oh, I'm gonna stay with you. No, the fuck, you not. You gotta be on your own. Mm.
1: So no teams. I mean. <laughs>
2: I've never played, played manhunt. played it a couple times. Manhunt we went kind of crazy.
1: We played this thing called sardines, but it was every time you caught somebody, they had to stick with you. So uh, you'd have like 10 people with you.
2: We played, we played manhunt my freshman year when I was out in West Virginia playing ball. We had an abandoned hospital as well, like one mile off campus. It was like the football team But, like, most of the cool niggas on the football team, volleyball team, and soccer team, we went out there and played that bitch. It was, like, a wild two hours.
0: Bro, (laughs) I couldn't even imagine. I
2: don't think think people realize how much shit they leave behind when they abandon these buildings. I mean... Like, there was just, like, so much stuff still there. That was, like, probably the most surprising aspect.
0: There was an abandoned... um... Was it Bowling Alley, like, near where I live? And, like, a couple of my friends, like, went to visit. They just, like, dropped off a bowling ball at my house one day. I was like, okay. That's normal. Love <laughs> that. No, dude. Fun fact,
1: fun fact, my dream job is, I don't even know if this is a job, but my dream job is to, um, like, tear down abandoned buildings and, like, clear out lots.
0: It's called construction, dude.
1: <laughs> is that? I'm not trying to build anything else.
0: So you just want to be the demolition team? You could yes. definitely find a job to do that. Yeah, people do that. I, would,
1: I would love that. I didn't know if it had like a special title or something.
0: but it Seems like you and Haley are just built for this manual labor lifestyle.
1: I just, want to te- I just want to clean things. So if I can like tear down a building and clean a whole lot, instead of just like this like raggedy building sitting there, I'm here for it.
0: I'm, you could definitely find that job. And uh, it could probably pay you more than you're getting paid right now. If you oh, want okay. to work those hard hours.
1: Yeah, but I'd Absolutely.
0: have to be outside. I mean, that is when you are built, breaking something down, you will eventually be exposed to the outside conditions.
1: <laughs> they can't Facetime I know, me.
2: <laughs> I know a nigga who drives heavy equipment, and all he does is bitch about how hot it gets in that like box. Yeah,
0: cannot imagine, dude. All right, quick sports talk. Sports talk. Some housekeeping things. Carson Wentz getting surgery to remove. The report was weird because he came out saying that they thought it was a bone ligament issue. Then it came out saying it was a ligament thing. Then it came out today that he's going to get surgery after thinking about resting it because it was a injury he's had since high school that never got addressed, which is kind of weird, never came up on a physical. And they're just going to remove a bone from his foot. How does that make any sense?
1: Did they say like what bone or what ligament?
0: No. They just said there's a bone they're going to remove.
2: If it's chipped or cracked, they could take it out.
1: Does he have an extra toe or something? I don't
0: know, but that that's I just saw it super weird. It's like usually they're like, hey, we're gonna fix this, and they all I kept seeing was they're gonna remove a bone.
1: Here, let me see. I wanna it's, know what
2: they're removing. It's probably like chipped. So it's probably like a fracture of the bone. And that's the doctor probably said to leave in there because it'll heal on its own or it'll heal fine and it's bugged him, so they're gonna take it out. Cause I thought my collarbone was when I broke it. I shattered Ooh. that bitch. And the doctor's like, it'll hell on its own. But down the road, when I got to college, they were like, yo, if you want to take this out, we'll take it out for you. And I was like, "Uh, eh, I'm straight.
1: Take out your collarbone?
2: No, nah, like the fractured piece of collarbone. Oh. oh I so I'm was assuming like, they're taking out like a fractured piece of a bone in his foot. I that hope probably so, now is starting to bother him.
0: Yeah, I was—I was, was going to say because, like, thinking about—I was looking at my phone. I was like, "What would they take out?" But when you said your collarbone, I thought you meant the whole thing as well. And I was—that's yeah, was like, like, hey, crazy. Oh,
1: no. <laughs> RIP to your neck. Like, what?
0: Yeah. God damn. Um, we actually started well. At the end of this recording will be right as um NBA um free agency started to Lonzo Ball, uh, four-year, eighty-five million dollars going to the Bulls. Um, let's see. Is that
2: actually where he went? Yeah. Damn.
0: You got, um, let's see, Jared, Jack, Jared Allen, who I, I don't know if he was still with the Nets, but he just signed a five-year, $100 million contract with Cleveland. Okay. Mike Conley's on a three-year deal, 72 mil, back to Utah. <laughs> Tim Hardaway, four-year, 74, back with the Mavs.
2: Okay, that's a good deal. They need him.
0: TJ McConnell got 35 mil to stay with the Pacers. I think there was talk that Kyle Lowry's expected to sign with the Heat also.
2: I saw that Lowry and DeRozan might go to the Heat, but DeRozan also said he wants to be a Laker. I don't like Westbrook to the Lakers. It doesn't make much sense to me. No, I I agree.
0: They need more shooting out there, and I don't – like, what is their cap going to be? Just broke Kyle Lowry, three-year sign and trade to the Miami. With this all hitting today, where is Ben going to land? I have no idea, dude. Because I I texted you about it earlier when it was happening. Like they they were talking about the trade talks. Like the Sixers were asking for. I mean, hey, credit to them for doing it. They were asking for every asset from everybody. It made no sense. I uh I literally have no idea. I don't even know if it'll happen. <laughs> to be honest with you. Well, last one, and we'll wrap this up. Duncan Robinson got a five year, ninety yeah, million dollar deal. I don't understand how NBA players get paid this much money who are
2: trash. Bro, well, role players get paid big. All you got to do is be young and young with like some bounce and potential, and they'll throw 20 million at you a season. But then you see like the sturdy veterans like Montrez and like Blue Will who make like 8 million a year and it don't add up. Um, All
0: right, let's wrap this thing up and uh, get to some music and TV recommendations.
1: Um, TV, I think it was Saturday. Um, I just rewatched Outer Banks. Because season two came out on Friday. So I'm going to say Outer Banks season two was pretty good. So, um, and then music. I honestly don't have anything.
2: TV. TV. I'm off that. The Shy season finale came out, yes, on Friday. Everyone tells me it was, excuse me, great. So I got two to watch so I can see what that's talked about. Music. I just discovered Naked by Ella May, and I don't know how I went my whole life
0: without it. TV-wise, if you haven't watched Ted Lasso, season two is off to a good start. Um, Got a lot of promise, so check that out. Um, Music, never listen to music, so as always, share the podcast with someone. We appreciate it. We're continuing to grow, and it's only because of you guys listening. Um, as always, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on there, Spotify, Google Pay, wherever you're listening. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Porch Talk No A. We appreciate you for listening, and we'll be back next week. Peace.